I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. I hope you are all surviving this February. What a weird month it's been. I mean, I hope you're surviving the alien attacks. I hope you're surviving the weird weather we're having. I hope you're just doing well and thriving. That's that's all I ask. <laughs> um, we are in another winter weathery weathery advisory, <laughs> winter weather advisory tonight um, until the end of the week, I think. Uh, the last storm that they predicted that was supposed to be coming our way, they're saying we're going to get like 24 inches of snow. And uh, at the last minute, it all went south. So we didn't get any snow. So right now, like I'm looking out the window and it's just puddles and just a little tiny bit of snow left. We don't have a lot of snow left out here, which I've been really enjoying. Uh, The last snowstorm, I think it all went south and Becca (laughs) got a lot of it. Um, But uh, I don't think we're going to get so lucky this week. It snowed a little bit today and I think they're calling for like snow and rain mix for the rest of the week, which is the worst. I hate when rain gets involved and then everything gets icy. And speaking of ice, um, <laughs> sidetrack, we celebrated my mom's birthday over this last weekend and we are over having supper at their house on Sunday night. And, um, I was getting water for everybody to drink and I was getting ice out of the freezer and a ice cube fell on the ground because I'm clumsy and Porter picked it up and it was a big ice cube. So I wasn't like super worried about it, but he stuck it in his mouth and his lip froze. <laughs> his top lip froze to the ice cube. So I saw it happen and like he he was pulling on it and like it was stuck, stuck. So he's freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm like, get some water, get some water to like dump on my poor kid's face to get it off. And uh, he got it ripped off and then it immediately stuck to his bottom lip. And oh my gosh, like his top lip was bleeding. He's pulling on it. And like my mom was getting a wet washcloth to like get the ice cube off. And by the time we started doing that, he just ripped it off. And then he's just got a poor little bloody mouth. And it was its very traumatic. Uh, so I'm sick of this ice from the freezer and from outdoors. Like it can all just go away. Um, I think this is our official false spring. And it was very nice while it lasted. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy false spring. It gets my hopes up. You know, I'm taking handfuls of vitamin D every day, which has been helping like with seasonal depression, but having like actual quote unquote warm, like Wisconsin warm days to just go outside and not be freezing cold has been so nice. But I think it's supposed to be like single digits for the rest of the week. And uh, I'm not looking forward to that, but it is what it is. I feel like we're we're almost through the thick of it, I hope. And I hope I just jinx us. Anyway, um, we have <laughs> we have a really great guest for you guys today. Today we have Jessica from Focus on Energy, and she's going to be sharing some tips and tricks with us on how to save some energy around your home and on your farm or business as well. We will leave all of Jessica's contact information in the show notes. So if you want to reach out to her with any questions that you might have, please feel free to do so. Thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy today's episode. Okay, guys, we are joined by a very special guest today. And 
you know, we're all in Wisconsin. It's cold in the winters. It's hot in the summers. And this episode, I think, is going to be very fitting for those of you um, who are in old farmhouses, are on farms, because we need all the help we can get to stay warm in the winter. And we are joined by Jessica Milsna, who is from Focus on Energy. And she's here to talk to us today about all things energy related and how we can be most efficient um, because we all need to save a little money with our energy bills. So hi, Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Becca, for having me, um, both of you. And yes, yeah, so I'm Jessica Melsna. Um, I am an energy advisor for Focus on Energy. Um, Focus on Energy is Wisconsin's statewide energy efficiency incentive program um, and renewable energy as well that includes. Um, so kind of what that means is we are funded through um, all of the participating utilities in the state of Wisconsin. So your investor owned utilities. So those are going to be the big ones. Like if you're on Excel Energy, Alliant Energy, We Energy is Wisconsin Public Service. And then um, most of the um, electric cooperatives and municipal utilities in the state participate as well. Um, so if you are um, on one of those participating utilities, you're paying a little bit into that incentive kind of pool of money every month when you pay your bill. And you can get that money back by um, doing energy efficient projects throughout your home or business or farm. I think that's awesome to, to do. We I know we've taken advantage of um, some of the things like we got like a new shower head. Um, we got quite a few new LED lights and stuff like that. And it's, it's nice because y- yes, you are paying into it. And like, technically it's not free, but at the end of the day, it's something that you might not necessarily go out and buy on your own. Um, because you just don't think that, think about that kind of stuff. Um, so how did you get involved with focus on energy? I mean, what did you go to school for? Is this kind of, you know, how you thought you would be working um, with energy or how does that all play out? Yeah, that's a great question because I do have an egg background. So I went to UW-River Falls and got a bachelor's degree in animal science. And then I went on to Iowa State and got my master's, which I thought was going to be in like a nutrition field and do like more like livestock nutrition. And then I ended up switching to ag ed, agricultural education, um, while I was in grad school. Um, I kind of wanted to do like extension type of work, um, which I guess isn't far off from what we do, kind of a resource consulting, um, but definitely not thinking about like the energy field at all. I mean, I've always been interested in, you know, the environment and things like that, but just um, this job just kind of like came up as a great opportunity. Um, I had just moved back to Wisconsin not long before, and um, I learned a lot about energy efficiency. I've been doing this for eight years now as of last month, so which is kind of crazy to think about. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. (laughs) So what is like a typical day in the life of an energy advisor? Before we got on here, you were kind of talking about how you went down to Becca's farm and met with her. Um, So do you travel to farms often or kind of what, what's a day-to-day look like for you? Um, yeah, day-to-day really varies. Like today was a heavy office day for me. Um, you know, meetings, um, do a lot of just, you know, the 
the emails, the phone calls, the typical office stuff, um, usually just helping customers either qualify, like, you know, does this light fixture qualify for my freestyle barn? Um, does this water heater qualify for an incentive, that sort of thing. And then also helping them get their paperwork completed and submitted. Um, our paperwork really isn't that bad. Um, I promise we help you with it. And um, we have three agriculture advisors throughout the state and we're all very hands-on um, with our customers. We have a two-page application for most projects and then we just need a copy of your invoice or invoices if it's a larger project. So um, that's kind of, you know, my probably the most common. Um, I try to get out of the office at least a couple of days a week, um, whether that's seeing, you know, farmers on site at their farm, and that could be doing post-install inspections. We do free um, energy assessments where we walk through and make recommendations of how you can improve your, you know, energy efficiency in your facility. Um, and then also I visit like my, we call them trade allies. That's kind of a utility term. Um, but you like your contractors, your dairy equipment dealers, grain equipment dealers, electricians, and so on, and help them with the different parts of the program. So what's kind of the big deal about energy efficiency? Like why should this be a priority for not only homeowners, but farmers as well? I kind of look at it as, you know, sustainability is kind of a buzzword in the past few years and energy efficiency is kind of a piece of that, you know, pie or sustainability puzzle, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's definitely um, important. It might not always be the priority where sustainability is concerned, but um, it can definitely save you some dollars if you're looking at your facility and prioritizing you know, what you can improve to become more energy efficient, you're, it costs you money to use energy. So, you know, not only um, by using focus on energy, can you save money on your bills by installing more energy efficient equipment, but you can also get that money back by installing the energy efficient equipment to offset the cost. Well, that's pretty neat. That's a pretty great incentive. <laughs> money back is always a good thing. <laughs> yep. We're like Menards. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect Wisconsin analogy. Oh, I'm right going to have that, that little saying <laughs> in my head the rest of the night. <laughs> you think um, that it's it's kind of one of those things that's overlooked a lot. I mean, we obviously farmers want to save money, you know, even homeowners. But do you find like a lot of people when you go out and do those energy audits, they're just like, oh, wow, like I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some things that come up. Um, there's some of the obvious things that we call like the low hanging fruit, so to speak. So the lighting's a big one, of course. You know, it's pretty easy to go to Menards or Home Depot <laughs> or Walmart and buy, you know, LED light bulbs or LED, you know, new light fixtures. Um, just because that's kind of an obvious one, but then there might be some little things that they overlook, like just keeping your equipment, you know, clean and in good condition and good working condition um, is a low cost or no cost thing you can do to save energy too. So when you go to like a farm, what are kind of the other bigger things that you're looking for aside from the lighting and, and keeping things clean? Like, is there um, certain pieces of, of equipment or, um, like old windows, anything like that, that you're kind of looking for immediately? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to use a dairy farm as an example. 
we're in Wisconsin. So sorry for anybody not in Wisconsin, but that's kind of, you know, that's a really big part of our customer base. Um, milk cooling is a huge energy consumer on a dairy farm. So we're going to, you know, suggest things like putting in a plate cooler um, to cool your milk. You know, the milk has to cool down quite a bit um, before it enters or once it enters the bulk tank, if you don't have a plate cooler. Um, so getting it from like that cow's body temperature down to basically refrigerator temperature, that takes a lot of energy on your cooling equipment and compressors. So um, if you use a plate cooler, you can get it down to at least like well water temperature before it enters the bulk tank. Um, and that really helps too during those hot summer months. Um, and we also recommend, you know, getting your cooling equipment serviced as well. We do have a little bit of an incentive on that. Um, it saves you a expensive emergency service call on, you know, when it's the highest day of the year, maybe you're trying to get to a wedding, you're trying to get through chores. And that's usually the night that, you know, a compressor quits working or something like that. So um, another thing, um, variable frequency drives on various equipment like fans, um, your pumps, you know, anything with a motor um, could potentially be a candidate for that, um, just to kind of, um, you know, you don't always have to use your motors at um, full full power or full speed. So those help help with that. Um, let's see, heating is a big one too, kind of the other end of the weather spectrum. Um, you know, your boilers, um, you know, maybe you have in-floor heat in like your milk house or your shop or something, um, you know, different heat types of heating equipment, unit heaters, shop heaters, that sort of thing. So those are all probably the biggest ones. I feel like I'm probably missing some here, but um, yeah, definitely the milking equipment, lighting fans, fans are a big one um, in the summer too. The free cell barns, those are a huge energy consumer as well, but very necessary to keep your cows happy and producing that delicious milk. Um, and then like a grain farm, um, we can look at like grain dryers, for instance. Um, there's certain types of grain dryers that are more efficient than others. And, you know, sometimes it pays to upgrade, especially with the cost of like natural gas and propane going up lately. Um, a lot of people are starting to look at that, especially this time of year when they're getting out of that drying season. They want to already be ordering those for the next season and getting them installed. And then um, irrigation is the other big one on a grain farm. Um, those irrigation pumps also take a lot of, of energy. Some of those are like 100 horsepower and way oversized um, for the field. So those are another big one that we look at too. I've noticed quite a few farms um, just around here, even that are installing solar panels. Um, I, I guess I'm not too familiar mm -hmm. with solar panels, but with like grain dryers and the irrigation, like things that are taking up a lot of power, is there, do you think there's a place for the solar panels or is it, I mean, obviously it could just be used as, um, you know, some help towards the energy. Um, but I guess how much energy are those solar panels like putting out? Are they able to kind of replace using electricity or it really depends and this is not my not my main expertise I will say that I do not claim to be an expert on you know <laughs> renewable energy um solar panels you can I mean you can make your you know array um 
however, as big as, you know, you have space for it. And that's one big thing is you have to have the space for it, whether it's like a good self-facing roof um, on a shed or a building, or um, sometimes, you know, you need to use up like a space in your field or something. Do you want to give up, you know, acreage for crops, that sort of thing? <clears throat> it's really, you know, evaluating your energy consumption and seeing, you know, how big you need um, to make that kind of solar array. Um, so it really depends on your needs. You know, sometimes you can offset something, maybe some of it, maybe just like whether it's one building's worth or a certain piece of equipment. Um, but then some people try to get like their whole operations worth of electricity um, out of those solar panels. So short answer, it really varies, you know, just on your needs, but that's right. a great question. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I just, I hadn't really thought about like how much power those grain jars are. I guess I haven't seen it on a grain farm, but you know, like if, if you could use solar somehow, uh, you know, on the top of the bin or something to, to power that grain jar, I'm sure that would be huge. Mm -hmm. So if you do upgrade your equipment, we kind of talked about paperwork a little bit earlier. Um, what is the process of going through that to um, send in to you guys that paperwork that says, hey, we did upgrade this to be a little bit more efficient? Um, could you kind of walk us through that process? Yeah, sure. Um, ideally, if you talk to one of us before you purchase the equipment, um, that way we can make sure that it's going to qualify. Um, but if you don't, that's fine too. You just might, you know, get the, oh, sorry, that doesn't qualify. Um, reaching out to your energy advisor and working with us um, is one way to do that. And then we can help you get that, you know, that get that paperwork into where it needs to go. Um, you can submit it via mail, email, um, and then again, yeah, just directly through your energy advisor. So um, it's pretty, pretty simple. Um, you want to make sure that you have all your invoices, um, all of your utility account numbers, so your electric account number for sure. And then also if it is like a natural gas related project or propane project, you'll have to have your provider and then your natural gas account number. Um, your tax ID is another big one that, you know, people might not know off the top of their heads. <clears throat> and then, yeah, other than that, just working with like our catalog and our website and getting the correct codes for what you're doing for your project. I hope that answered and, the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Absolutely. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you guys have a catalog um, where you can, where you can purchase these items as well. You can get light bulbs and um, all that other good stuff too, correct? Yeah. And I'm not always great about, um, talking about residential since I work in agriculture, but yes, um, if you go on our website and then Becca alluded to, um, like the farmhouse kit, residential kits, um, you can go on our website and you can purchase different products like light bulbs and things like that at a discounted price. It's called, I think it's still called like the online marketplace. Um, and then we also have free kits. So if you are a customer of one of those participating utilities, you can request like, I don't know if it's one free kit a year or something like that, or every two years. Um, but, and I've done it um, for our, for our um, 
house before. And yeah, you get a few light bulbs, a shower head, and it kind of varies. There's some different ones to pick from depending on, you know, what you're looking for. So definitely take advantage of that. It's just focus on energy.com and then go to the residential tab. And it, I believe it's under there. So yeah, especially if you have an old farmhouse, I think you guys will really benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now that sure. we're kind of on the topic of homes, um, what are some things that, I mean, I know you work with mostly farms, but what are some things in the house that we should be looking at, you know, besides the light bulbs and the more obvious stuff? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like your windows are a big one too. Um, how well insulated your windows are, um, insulation. Um, we do, I know at one time they did like what they call like a blower door test to see how well sealed your home actually is. I know <laughs> like that'd be kind of scary, Mine but I would not pass the test. No, yeah. <laughs> I would not either. No. Um, but they'll do like things like that too. So some of the things that you kind of overlook, like the, what we call a building envelope, um, related measure, like insulation, I'm trying to think what else, like your water heater, um, how efficient that is, obviously your furnace and air conditioner and all of that good stuff too. But yeah, that's definitely one that probably you would miss otherwise. As long as we're on the topic of terrible front doors, my front door is so bad. (laughs) My last you have a blanket winter... over it like me. No, no. <laughs> I should. Last winter when it was so cold, like there was ice on the inside of my door. And my dog, he just got a bed and he was laying next to the door because it's cold. And he's a Bernese mountain dog. And uh he got up and his he was stuck to the door. Like he froze to the door <laughs> because it was so oh. um He's like, this so, is nice. This is nice. I, I feel at home here. <laughs> Back in his homeland. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm taking all the tips I can get from you because obviously we're not, uh, we're not doing that on that front. <laughs> and we're not perfect at our house either. We live in an old house too. So as you can probably tell by my window back there. So yeah. <laughs> You're not alone. Good. Thank We're you. vintage, you guys. We're yes. Vintage. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, is there is there anything else that we're missing um, as far as the farm is concerned? Any other ways that we can save a little a little money as far as um, energy goes? Trying to think here off the top of my head. Um, covered lighting, fans, VFDs. Um. I guess one kind of uh, area that I missed as far as like different types of agriculture operations are like um, greenhouses. And um, now I think they're, oh gosh, what are we calling them now? Uh, Kind of more like controlled environment farming. I think that, I think that's the right something. Yeah. CEF controlled environment farming. Cause sometimes it's not like your traditional greenhouse. It's, you know, just a warehouse looking building, but it's, you know, tempered to grow plants and that sort of thing. Is it like control. 70 degrees and sunny? Cause that might be yeah. my next job. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I try, I should be doing more greenhouse, um, assessments, I think right now. Yes. Um, but yeah, those are something that we offer, you know, that have some unique offerings. So like I'm working with a, um, like a, 
florist slash greenhouse in one of the neighboring towns right now. And they're doing kind of like a new construction project where they rebuilt a new like retail shop. And then they're also building some new greenhouses. So they'll do things like, um, grow lighting. And that's like a special kind of lighting, you know, that you can, and somebody, you know, way smarter than me knows more about this, but all the different color spectrums that certain plants grow under and all of that, um, we do have offerings for that. We have some requirements that go along with it as far as efficiencies and things like that. But I've definitely, you know, you kind of get a crash course in some of those things. Um, and then like those thermal curtains that they're able to use to like kind of trap the heat where they want it above the plants and um climate controls are a big one. Like they have it where like their whole greenhouse, all the ventilation and um climate control and everything is all automated. Um, it's pretty cool to see all that technology in that area. So that's something I'm I'm learning a lot about in the past couple of years. And that's great too for um, just having a more local food supply, you know, obviously mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, we've got this cold season where you can't really grow much, but if you can, you know, do it in these greenhouses in these other, you know, buildings where you could also be cost efficient at the same time while still, uh, you know, providing local food. I think that's really cool. For sure. And is there, um, is what's the best way to get a hold of you if your farm is looking to have someone out to kind of just do like a quick look around and and give some tips and tricks? So we have there's our website focusedonenergy.com and we do have an energy advisor map on there. Um, you can find your three ag advisors throughout the state. Um, otherwise, you know you can email me at jessica.melsna ml. S-N-A, I know it's weird, um, at focusedonenergy.com. And then otherwise, we're also on Facebook, just focus on energy, and then Instagram, focus on energy underscore Wisco. So there's a lot of places you can find us, um, you know, email, you can email me directly. Otherwise, um, we have an 800 number, which I do not know off the top of my head. Let me see if I can find that, but okay. um, yeah, and we can put that all in our show notes sure. too for you guys. So it's just one click away. Um, but thank you, Jessica, for being on here today. And before we let you go, we we like to do some random rapid fire questions that we give no thought into prior this <laughs> recording. So it's going to be very spontaneous. So I hope you are ready for these questions. Probably not, but we'll, Us either. we'll give it our best try. <laughs> Becca, do you want to start? I mean, we can start with probably the most important question. Mm-hmm. You're on a quick trip. Uh-huh. You're grabbing some chocolate milk. What color cap are you grabbing? This is the only one that I knew to prepare for ahead of time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do I do listen to the podcast when I'm yes. traveling for work. I listen to a lot of podcasts and you guys are on my kind of my regular rotation. Uh, you're probably not going to like my answer. So I am like that weird kid in school that would always go for white milk. Oh, I always like that's acceptable. Like, I don't know. I like chocolate milk, but I would rather have white milk with food. So I never was a huge chocolate milk drinker. (sighs) 
However, if I had to choose oh, no. two, I'd probably have to go green cap. Just oh, my girl. I'm a more like 2% kind of girl. So I'm thinking I'd probably go green cap if I could choose chocolate milk. So sorry. Uh, speaking of speaking of the milk, did you guys see that the mint milk is back? I yes. Did. Have you guys had it? Mm-mm. When I was pregnant. I made a mint Oreo milkshake with it and it was, Ooh. it was pretty good. I, I was impressed with it actually. It wasn't like super minty. Like it was, it was drinkable, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I just saw that that was back. So I figured I'd put that little plug yeah. in there. Nice little plug. <laughs> yes. Um. All right, Amber, you can go next. I give up on my questions. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. We'll see you later, Becca. <laughs> um. Let's see. You are going to a tailgate. What uh, what protein are you going for? Are you going to go for a brat burger or a hot dog? Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, it depends on my mood, honestly. I'm usually a burger kind of person, I think. Usually I okay. go for a burger. But once that's... in a while, a brat, but usually a burger. Good answers. You can't, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. I feel like I normally navigate or like go towards the brats only because we make burgers a lot more at home than we do brats understandable so you gotta get gotta get something new mm-hmm. um okay if you had to move out of wisconsin Ooh. you could live um i'd say in another state you can live in another country too if you want where would it be it's <laughs> a good question so the only other state i've actually lived in is iowa Oh, that's unfortunate. I don't know if I'd pick that again. <laughs> Sorry, people. I have friends Sorry, there that I from love Iowa. dearly, but I don't know if I'd go back there. Uh, I don't know. I don't really like it to be too hot, and I don't really like giant bugs. Um, that's yep, that's valid. Maybe, and then I after saying that, now I'm gonna say an answer that completely contradicts that. <laughs> I I really like Texas and there's so many different like it's so, so many bugs so many different parts I know like I said that <laughs> makes no sense now that that came this is how my, my brain works I guess but I don't it's know it's warm in we, Texas so I bet it's nice there right now yeah it probably is um, my husband has family down there and I have like a friend down there so that always kind of like sticks in my mind as someplace that maybe I could live if I don't know. I'll just have to buy a lot of bug spray. (laughs) I still remember this. This actually still terrifies me. Um, So Tara, New Mexico milkmaid, or I guess she changed it to her name now. But um, one day she, I don't know where she was. She like was at the airport. She was coming home and she has this story on her Instagram and it's this tarantula just like scurrying across the parking lot and she's like you know you're back in new mexico when like this is a normal occurrence apparently in new mexico and i'm like wow i'm never going to new mexico that's disgusting (laughs) no i don't know if that happens other places but like apparently tarantulas just roam free (laughs) my soul would leave my body i'd be like no i would die uh can you imagine like i almost crash my truck if there's like a tiny little spider can you imagine if a tarantula got in your vehicle it would be totaled i would yeah i would just like tuck and roll i don't even (laughs) go down the interstate just nope open the door (laughs) just jump out jesus take the wheel (laughs) oh anyways (laughs) okay well let's 
yeah, let's uh, change the subject. So if you could uh, have dinner with anybody dead or alive, let's say you're uh, three people, who would you want to have dinner with? Oh gosh. Um, this is like one of those questions I should like know the answer, you know, cause you hear it enough, but, um, Hmm. What's or one person one? is fine. One, yeah. I was going to say, I don't even know. I don't know if I can <laughs> pick three. Well, there's just like so many possibilities, you know, I'm, I'm not good with like non-multiple choice answers. Sometimes I have too many too many options um <laughs> okay I'll give you a different question that I might can, be a little bit I was more gonna say, I can pick a category I just yes um I guess I've always been really interested in like reading like historical fiction especially like the world war ii so probably like a holocaust survivor would be like a good I think it's one of the top picks interesting not to make that like kind of dark, but I think, yeah. That would be very interesting. I would, I would like that one too. I wouldn't like it, but I would be interested mm-hmm. to hear. I am back. <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to Google a good question to ask, but they're really just, I'm not getting good questions today. Okay. Oh, do you like do you like spider-man this is also a very important question the movie yeah <laughs> like have you followed spider-man uh Can not I- really uh Sorry. i was gonna ask you who your favorite spider-man was oh, yeah those i don't know that it's not really like those kind of movies my that's like my husband's like thing is yeah i that's fair. i don't know okay it's, i have a good one <laughs> This is serious. Who came up with this? How do you think the world would be if bananas were illegal? You'd have a lot of like they still existed, but they were illegal. Yeah, like bananas are now the crack cocaine of the world. (laughs) Well, my husband hates bananas, so he would probably be like really enforcing it in our house. Um, I could probably live without them. I don't really good too. Maybe people would get more like leg cramps, you know, like Mm -hmm. because they wouldn't, but then or maybe they would be just like smuggling them to, you know, get their potassium. I don't know. I feel like it'd be hard to smuggle bananas. Like they're not, yeah, you know, they're not little. It's not just like a a brick of cocaine, you know? (laughs) Well, and I mean, I don't really, I'm not up on my cocaine, but um, (laughs) I feel like that's probably more shelf stable than bananas. Like if you were having to smuggle it somewhere, because I mean, I put bananas on my counter and they're brown in like three days, I feel like. And then you put them in the freezer so that you can make banana bread, but then then they sit there for approximately five years. I literally have brown bananas in my freezer right now. (laughs) You too. (laughs) If you break the bananas apart, they don't brown as fast. I did read that one, like actually recently. And I thought of it as they were sitting on my counter getting brown. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard that before. Or you wrap the tops in saran wrap. Mm -hmm. That I But then that's a pain. Yeah, then it's just well, a yeah. pain to rip them apart. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna have to edit out like a majority of that conversation because I don't want to get flagged for talking about cocaine. <laughs> oh come on, it was <laughs> it was fine. 
<laughs> I don't think we're not going to get flagged. It's fine. <laughs> we got an explicit for a focus on energy podcast. All yeah. right. All right. Yeah. All right. Amber, why don't you ask one more question? Okay. One that's I didn't so think a question about, I didn't think bananas would be so controversial. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fried or squeaky cheese curds. That's pretty controversial. Ooh. I think I have to go with fried. Being mm. pregnant, I I um have really, I don't know, fried food has been like kind of my jam. It's a good answer. Which I like not fried healthy, better but, too. You know, it's fine. Fried Whatever pickles, the baby wants, baby curds. gets. Yeah, with ranch. Oh mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Good answer. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we let you go, do you just want to remind everyone where we can find you guys, um, where we can get a hold of you? Yes, you can find us at www.focusonenergy.com, um, Focus on Energy on Facebook, Focus on Energy underscore Wisco on Instagram. Um, and you can also email me directly at jessica.melsna, M-L-S-N-A at focusonenergy.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on here today and talking to us. Um, Again, all that information will be linked down in the whatever it's called. (laughs) Why can't I think of it? Um, It'll be listed in the show notes uh, for you guys. (laughs) Thank you. And if you're not following us yet on Facebook, Instagram, you can follow Becca over at Becca Hilby. I'm over at Cranberry Chats and our podcast page is Forward Farming Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and hopefully more on YouTube. Um, And if you haven't left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to do so. That really helps us out. And we always really appreciate reading those. So thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.